Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. The NFL combine has come and gone, but there is so much that you can bet on. NBA, college hoops, hockey, there's a ton. UFC, you want to place a bet on the action. Betonline.ag is the place to do it. Over 24-7, seven days a week. Make sure y'all go whenever y'all want to bet to betonline.ag. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to get started. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen. Joined, as always, by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, a ton to discuss on today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast. NFL Combine is wrapping up. We're going to talk about that in rumors that Aaron Rodgers could be headed to the Steel City. But we start. want to check in. Haven't talked to you in a week. It always feels like so long because we're in the offseason now. We're from twice a week down to once a week. How are you doing this morning, my man? Man, I'm doing good. Just got back from a 12, almost two-hour run. What an exciting combine, though. What I got from this combine was speed. (laughs) That's what the heck I got. So, actually, that was kind of motivating for me, Mark. I said, you know what? Let me try this 12-piece, this 12-mile run, seeing these guys run so fast in the 40, breaking 40-time records, which is crazy, right? I I went to the gym this morning. You're you're making me feel lazy because – is Ike Taylor training for the combine, a marathon? Oh, man. No, man, just saying, e- even the big guys, the D tackle from Georgia, you know, running faster than Jameis Winston and Baker Mayfield in the 40 <laughs> at 340 pounds. Man, that was exciting to watch, bro. So let me ask you that, Ike. You mentioned the speed. Is that your big takeaway from the combine? Because it seemed like, okay, you go position group by position group day after day, and it was like, this is a new record. This is a new record. This is a new record. This is just off the all-time record. Was that your takeaway from the 2022 combine was the high t- or excuse me, the low times I should say in the 40-yard dashes? Yeah, but coming from the big guys. And that's when that's when I like it just hit me like this generation of big men can really move, you know, from offensive linemen to defensive linemen. So that's just letting me know how the game of football is going to change. You know, you get you get guys like a, guys who built like an Aaron Donald, but they're moving like a linebacker. You know, um, that was very impressive to see. I'm not worried about the, the the skill guys. I expect that from the skill guys. You're always going to catch a wow from one of the skill guys, you know, in the combine. But to see how big and agile, how mobile uh, these big guys are, these offensive, defensive linemen, and how fast they're able to move was very impressive for me. All right, Ike, let's go to Jordan Davis then. You talked about him. <laughs> Six foot six, 341 pounds. 
it wasn't just the four seven eight forty that he ran, Ike, that was impressive to me. When we talked to preview the combine on last week's show, you said, Mark, watch the broad jumps. His broad jump, 10 feet, three inches, which is now the new broad jump record for any player more than 300 pounds at the NFL combine. So, Ike, you mentioned that explosiveness. Everyone's going to focus on the 40 time for Jordan Davis. Look at that broad jump. It shows you what kind of player he is at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so I got this from Coach Tom Shaw, uh, speed and conditioning coach, and all that I've been with, I don't know, since the eighth grade. Also Forever. got this. Also got this from a track, a track legendary coach, Coach Brooke Johnson, who trains and coach down in Orlando, Florida. Um, they say take. They say you can gauge how fast or how explosive an athlete is one by his vertical, two by his broad jump. So I don't know if you, I don't know if you remember a couple of shows ago. He was like, Ike, if I had to take a drill specifically out of any position, what drill would I take? And I said, man, give me that vertical test and give me that broad jump test because that's going to give me some kind of gauge on how fast this person going to run, how explosive this person is. All I need to work on if I want to draft this guy is what I need to at a certain position. So, yeah, to see to see big man run like that um, for the 40 times, 6'4", 340, run a 4'7", and some change, Mark, that's moving. I'll probably run a full seven right now. So the fact that this 340-pound young man can probably keep up with me in the 40 says a lot where this generation is going, says a lot how the draft is going to go, says a lot if, if how high this kid will get drafted and what he does in the NFL, and that will predict and he will change the game in future drafts on how guys look at big men, and they're all going to want to get a big man just like Davis. I don't think the quarterbacks that the Steelers want are going to be there at number 20. And I don't think Jordan Davis is either, but if he is, Ike, I'm going to go on record. Jordan Davis is the guy I want the Pittsburgh Steelers to draft with the 20th overall pick in the 2022 draft. I don't think he's going to be there though. No, you, you, you might, you, you know what? Here top, here top 10 pick. And I was, I was thinking, I was thinking Malik Willis. Um, since we're talking about mm-hmm. guys that out heat, he just upped his draft stock at the combine. So a lot of guys coming from small coming coming from small schools, not the big D one schools, the power five schools. But then again, man, you, you look at guy how does you would look at the quarterback position market, and we talked about this on the show. Like, okay, you look at an Aaron Rodgers, you look at a Ben Roethlisberger, you look at a Drew Brees, you look at a Peyton Man, you look at all these guys in in college who they was throwing to. And now you finally get guys with good, with good arm talent, a high NFL a quarterback IQ, and you give them a receiver or two, they can play forever. They will always give your organization an opportunity to, 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 to hoist the Lombardi trophy. But now you get a Malik, and this Malik kid, and we talked about this at the Senior Bowl too. When the Senior Bowl came out and there was a lot of spe- speculation on uh, Coach, Coach Tomlin and Kevin Colbert, talking to Malik's family, you know, an hour and a half after practice, the next day talking to him during practice, like they're really trying to gauge that Malik wind up going to the combine and just like, okay, he didn't prove everybody right. So we thought about this this young kid. Now he came to the combine and that was like his day. That was his pro day. So um, that's that's what I think. Either Jordan, Pittsburgh, I think, should get, which he's going to be top, top 10, or Malik. And it's just going to – the only way Malika fall in Pittsburgh lap 
is quarterbacks don't come off the board as fast. Because once, once after that, after that second quarterback, you know, it's it's a copycat lead. Everybody get everybody get nervous and they just start going after quarterbacks, going after quarterbacks. So if it's a slow pace at drafting quarterbacks, Pittsburgh gonna wind up getting the lead. If it's a fast, if it's a fast pace like last year, how they got quarterbacks <laughs> in the first round, then it's gonna be tough for Pittsburgh to get it. So then again, man, we just we because everybody's going to a two quarterback system now. They they want that good backup. You know, they, they feel like it's value in backups now. They feel like if the first quarterback don't work out, at least they got a quarterback called took high in the first round draft pick, in the first round, now he can be my trade bait. So either it's trade bait or I got the guy who can run this organization. That's how these teams now are looking at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay with Rodgers and Jordan Love. I think what the 49ers are doing with Jimmy G and Trey Lance Help me out here, Ike. I mean, I'm sure there are others. That those are two that come to my mind. Just go to mom and dad hometown back in Kansas City. Don't forget Alex Smith was there before yep. Patrick Jones. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Alex Smith brought his brought the uh, Kansas City Chiefs to a, to a whole playoff, deep in the playoffs. It's He's just, a Pro Bowl quarterback, Ike. Not to say that, you know, he was lighting the world on fire in an elite quarterback, but he was a Pro Bowl quarterback in Kansas City. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Tommy Maddox, Big Ben, like <laughs> the old school. I love it, Ike. Yeah, we can, we can, we can go down the line on having a two, you know, quarterback system. But now this, now these organizations, these general managers, they like to have two quarterbacks, one that is stable for stock purposes, or one that is stable because he's going to change your organization and give you as much as many opportunities possible as your first quarterback did. So. That's that's my, my personal opinion. That's what the NFL going at the quarterback position. They're looking for two good quarterbacks, or they want two, two good quarterbacks on their team. Let me go to Willis here in just a second, Ike, but I don't want to gloss over Jordan Davis's Georgia teammates. Devontae Wyatt and Trayvon Walker also had incredible combines, so no Jordan Davis is going to garner most of the headlines, but if you look at how his two teammates tested at the combine too – Wyatt at 304 pounds running a 4.7740 didn't have quite as long of a broad jump and then Walker running a 4.51 at 272 pounds at a defensive end position uh 10 10 foot 3 inch broad jump as well you're going to get some excellent players and there was a reason why the Georgia Bulldogs went on to win the national championship Jordan Davis garners a lot of the headlines but there were a lot of dogs on that Georgia Bulldogs defense Ike I was I was there in person. I was there live um, when they played Alabama. It was a great game, but to see that defense in the second half, because Alabama had some action in the first half, but to see that defense come out in the second half and say enough is enough, and then when you just mentioned all the stats between the ten three broad jumps, between running a, a four five at two ninety and some change, between running a four seven um, at three at three forty and some change, man, I saw that live in person. You know, that's how them dogs play. Them dogs play like dogs when it came down to that national championship game. So to see what they're doing at the combine, if you watched any of the series leading up to the national championship game, instead what Georgia had did throughout the college season, that bond and that brotherhood really, really took off. And this started with the linebacker crew, and this started with the defensive line. And pretty much everybody else had to fall in line when it came down to, hey, man, we're going to hold each other accountable. 
You know, when I saw Wyatt get upset and talk to his uh and talk to his other his other linebacker, his other teammate, yes, he was very upset, but he was upset like, bro, I need you. Like I'm telling you what's going on before this play, and you don't listen to me. Now they almost scored. Alabama didn't score on that drive because there was in the goal line. They didn't score. But to see the emotion, to see the passion um, from a distance on, on Wyatt, I'm like, okay, he's a real live leader. You know what I'm saying? But if you go back and look at during the regular season, who they talk about in the offseason, they talk about Wyatt. <laughs> so I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, all this, all, all this stuff makes sense. He don't want to be a team captain. He don't want to be a team leader. You know what? But your teammates picked you to be. <laughs> because that's how, that's how special they feel about you. So just to see that whole Georgia Bulldog, what they're doing right now for the combine, I kind of expected that. Because I, I watched them grow during the season. But I, I got a nip, I got a clip of them during the offseason on what the Georgia Bulldogs were doing in the offseason, who the guys was, who was the alphas, and why this team will have the opportunity to win the national championship game, which they did. If you watch their defense this year, Ike, it was like heat-seeking missiles to the football. And there's an old slogan where if you get a bunch of dogs together, even the cats start barking. And I think that's what happens when you gather just a bunch of alphas together. They really brought out the best in one another's abilities. And that front seven you mentioned, Ike, was just incredible. I got to borrow that slogan. Say that again? (laughs) I got to borrow that. When you get a lot of dogs collectively together, even the cats start barking. Cat. Dog. <laughs> you look like a proud big brother right now, Ike. What? Boy. That's a cold one, boy. I'm sorry, Carrie. You, you're right. I'm sorry. But golly. <laughs> Uh, you're usually the one who nails the analogies. I, uh, I do want to go to Malik Willis, though, too. Just everything from the interview process, the deep throw that he had where everyone in the building was like, whoa, what just happened? And I know it's on air as well. I know there's no defense. There's no line and everything, too. But he had an incredible deep pass, too. thought he was very personable. I know there was a clip going around on social media. There were a few of them of him helping out someone who was maybe homeless or not very well off. I think he was giving him some water. But one thing I would point to as well, like, and I had heard reports that they were doing away with the Wonderlick test, but then there were reports that the Wonderlick test got leaked out. Apparently, Malik Willis scored a 32, which is above that 25 threshold that we talked about on the last show, too. So you talk about someone who has helped his draft stock tenfold going back to the senior bowl, really since the college football season ended. Like I said earlier in the show, I, I do not expect Malik Willis to be around when the Steelers pick at the number 20th overall pick. So if Pittsburgh did want to get him, I would imagine they would need to trade up to get him because I think Pickett and uh, and Malik Willis will both be gone by the time the Steelers pick with that number 20. Yeah. And Pittsburgh might bite on it. If, if, yeah. if they can't, yeah, if they, they, they might trade. They might trade up to get him. You know, I think they're looking at uh, Malik more than Pickett. I think they like, you know, Malik more than Pickett. Just my personal opinion. Um, but Pickett would be the second option. And the reason why I say Pickett would be the second option is because, you know, he's right there. He's homegrown. He he knows Pittsburgh. He knows how to play in the cold weather. Uh, he understands the city. The city of Pittsburgh will embrace Pickett all day. All day. That's, that's, 
that would be homegrown, hometown hero. So safe for Pittsburgh if they get picked. Um, that's what the city would love. The organization would love Willis better. The yeah. organization, yeah. yeah, the organization would be like, city of Pittsburgh, hold up, wait a minute. I understand why y'all could be upset, but I like this guy, Silly, better than Pickens, Silly. Wait a second, and y'all seeing about y'all gonna see in a couple of in a couple of years while we choose Willis over Pickett. My personal, my personal. And just the way the Steelers' quarterback room is set up with Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, I would be okay with either of those quarterbacks starting. Say the Steelers somehow get Willis, right? I'd be okay with the Steelers starting the season with either of those other two veteran quarterbacks to start out and then bring Willis along and start him once he's ready. I don't think you would need to start him immediately right away. Make sure he knows the system, make sure he's comfortable, make sure that you can have packages and concepts that allow him to be successful because I wouldn't want the burden to fall immediately onto a rookie's shoulders when you're just coming into the league and you're just learning, you know, an NFL defense operates a lot differently than anything you see at the college level. No, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, Mark. I might have to disagree with you on this one. Okay. Okay. Bring it, bring it, make the case. And here's why I saw the Cam Newton and Mac and cheese situation and it's pressure It's pressure It's pressure in training camp. So you, you go and train the camp, you're getting all these different kinds of looks. Coach T is throwing a book at a Malik or at a Pickett if they wind up getting one of those two. They're throwing a book, and you see a Mason Rudolph and, and Haskins, but the third guy, which is the rookie guy, he's climbing up the ladder. Okay, you know what, man? Let me put him with the first team because my rookie has been working with the first team. Let me put him with the uh, first team right quick and see what he does with the first team against the first team defense, and I'm going to put him with the starters on offense. Oh, snap, he's closing the gap. You know what, man? Let me just throw him out there. Let me throw him out there in the preseason game and see what he do. Oh, snap, he's closing the gap. Hey, who's the D.C.? D.C. is me. I'm the head coach, by the way, Coach, <laughs> coach Tomlin. I just don't have the defensive coordinator, you know, uh, title right now. But, Coach T, I'm about to throw the playbook at this rookie. And I throw the playbook at this rookie, and this, this rookie is holding his own. He's going through the read progressions, whether I'm doing it from a 4-3 or a 3-4, and I'm zone blitzing or a man blitzing, and he's just picking it up. Hey, Mason and Haskins, y'all got to start looking at yourself over the shoulder because I saw what the Patriots did with Mac and Cheese. Mm-hmm. So it's in, in this era and in this generation, Mark, they don't have to wait anymore. I'm, 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 looking, at, I'm looking at this I'm, – I'm, I'm in the seven-on-seven tournaments with my son now. At first, I shied away from it. This is my first year. I'm seeing these quarterbacks, these young guys at the age of 12 years old get reps after reps after reps after reps after reps on air in a small, condensed 40-yard field. And I'm seeing them have to read less than four seconds. So now this generation, man, it's there when it comes down to the quarterback IQ and understanding, and you give them talent, so Malik will have some kind of talent that he didn't have at, in college with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh my gosh! And you got a running back behind them. You got mm-hmm. three receivers in the defense. They still in their prime. They got about one or two more years. Defense got one or two more years. It's going to be interesting to see what Pittsburgh Steelers defense 
what they're doing in draft and free agency as far as like that cornerback linebacker position. But my personal opinion, I think they should go get a defensive line, a defensive lineman that can help out stuff that run game. But yeah, when you want to talk about the quarterback position, if it's anything close, Mark, if it's anything close with a rookie from the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback uh, position, they're going to start that rookie. They're not going to hold on to wait because Mason had his opportunity and because Haskin has had his opportunity. My personal opinion, Mark. I hate to be glass half full. I hate to be pessimistic, Mark, on a Monday, Ike, but let me counter here. I think it's convenient that you picked the Patriots, and we've talked about the other rookie quarterbacks, and you mentioned coaching, Ike. And so, okay, here's where I'm going with this. Mac and Cheese had Josh McDaniels for his rookie year, who's now the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't have that same confidence in Matt Canada as an offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. Now, you mentioned Mac and Cheese, but what about some of the other rookie quarterbacks from this last year? I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, uh, Davis Mills over in Houston. I like your optimism if it works out in the right way, but I want to see more. I, I, I don't have that trust with Matt Canada right now from just from what I've seen that comes with the caveat is you've got, you had big Ben in year 18, which we don't need to relitigate, but didn't have the mobility that he once had earlier in his career. So that's why unfair to Matt Canada, Mark, like Matt, like, man, give me something to work with. That's yeah. a, that, that, I'm just I, here, here's the reason why I'm critical of Matt Canada. Ike is if you look at every statistical measure, the Steelers offense was worse in 2021 what then it was in the 2020 season under Randy Feekner. Randy Feekner didn't get brought back. You promote internally Matt Canada, who was the team's quarterback coach. The only statistical measure that the Steelers improved upon from 2021 compared to 2020 was their rushing yard yardage total. That was the only statistical measure. So that's the reason I say that, Ike. Who's, who's, the, who's the common denominator between the two offensive coordinators? Who is still in that quarterback position? <laughs> This is why we have a great program here on the Believe in Steelers podcast. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. So the only thing that really, the only thing that really changed was the rushing yards. And that was because Mr. Art, who was the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mr. Art Rooney said, we won't finish last again in rushing. That's what we won't do. So as an employee of Mr. Art Rooney, you got to be like, okay, we have to run the ball at least 20 times a game or my ass is getting fired. <laughs> like, that's, that's not that's, wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> like, that's that's what it is. I like Matt Canada as, a, as an OC. I just, out to his defense, what he wants to do, the quarterback that, he, that he's had, which is Big Ben, a future Hall of Famer, couldn't give him he couldn't open his playbook, Mark, is what I'm saying. Coach yeah. Randy yeah, couldn't open his playbook. Because in this generation, sitting there like a statue if you want to as a quarterback, your ass ain't going too far. Even Tom Brady, even Tom Brady had to escape and get out the pocket. Well, well Ben ran- had it in his prime, too, to where, I mean, you look at all his old highlights where he's just running around, making guys miss. He's getting crack back blocks from his offensive linemen. And he, he's he's doing it how you would in the backyard as a kid. If you look at a lot of big pens, you know, highlights through the years. And they, I mean, they showed up on my feed just this past week. Like he just celebrated his 40th birthday. So 
Yeah, all, all I'm saying is give Matt Canada a chance with a quarterback who is uh, more mobile than your last quarterback for the past couple of years is what I'm saying, Mark. All right, Ike, we need to continue on. There were eight wide receivers who posted 40-yard dashes, less than 4.4 seconds, led by Taquan Thornton. And I'll say this. It's unbelievable. A couple things. Number one, if we need Olympic sprinters, I know the 40-yard dash is a different race than the 100-meter dash, but if we need to win an Olympic gold medal, some of the athletes that we've had, eight different receivers, it tied a record, Ike. But I will say this too, and especially when it comes to the receiver position, running a really fast 40-yard dash does not necessarily equate to having NFL success. I don't want to take away from any of the receivers or really any player that ran impressive 40s this past weekend, Ike, but I just want to point that out to where it's like, just because you run a super flashy 40, how does that translate on tape? How does that translate when you actually have a helmet and pads on as well? So, you know, I would mention a lot of these players' names, and we will, Ike, but at the same time, it's just like uh, uh, Kalen Barnes was another one, the the DB that was just short of breaking the all-time NFL combine record in a 40-yard dash. But are these going to be players that we're talking about five, ten years from now and said, wow, this guy had a great 40-yard dash and he's an elite NFL player? There's not always a correlation there is my point. Not to take away from any player who ran a sub 4-4-40 this past weekend, Ike. No, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with that. I knew a lot of guys who ran fast forty times. You put the equipment on them, and you're like, "Damn, where the speed at?" You know. And I knew a lot of guys who didn't run the fast forty. You put the helmet and shoulder pads on them, like, "Oh yeah, this dude just a football player. He be moving." You know. So, but what that forty, what that forty does do, um, as a cornerback or as a as a receiver is like, okay, if you're a cornerback, man, I got to hurry up and get open fast because I got a guy like the cheetah, Tyreek Hill, who can move. Now, you put you put the guy from Baylor, um, the young man from Baylor with Coach Andy Reid, lights out all day. They're going to have three 1,000-yard receivers, including <laughs> Travis Kelsey. So it just depends on where you go, who the offensive coordinator is, how can they use you. That's what it depends on. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, that 40 does help. A guy will speed if he goes to the perfect, not perfect, but a right situation. Yeah, it helps that cornerback because you're able to have some kind of makeup speed. But like you say, Mark, all that have to translate from putting the pads on. Now, now since these young guys, now since the combine has happened, you get to go back and watch the tape and see can they did they translate that or was this just training for the 40 type of person? So you look at the 40 time, like, God, dang, he ran a 4-2-3. What position he played? He played receiver. Man, let me go check this Baylor tape. And you see, oh, he he was wide open. The quarterback just couldn't get him the ball. You know what I'm saying? Or you look, or you look at a, a corner, you look at a cornerback, like, dang, he, he, okay. So, oh, he was in press coverage. Oh, and he missed. Oh, and he walked him down and got a PBU. You start watching tape, and you start to understand, like, okay, it does make sense. Not, okay, you look at tape, plays receiver, hand running past nobody. So he doesn't play fast. He got a pla- he got a fast 40 time, but he don't play fast. That's what you start doing. So the 40 just opened a lot of people's eyes up as a speed-wise. But now with these GMs, 
and these owners are doing, these coaches are doing, they just putting everything together. So they just building a portfolio for this kid. Okay, does it does it does it make sense? Does it match up? You know, yeah, he ran the fast forty. Let me go back and watch at least two two years of this guy's tape and see if it's really what it what it was in this forty time. So I've been I've been in those meetings. You know, I, I've seen guys run fast in the forty time and they actually ran fast on the field. The quarterback just couldn't get in the ball, or vice versa. I just seen guys run the fast forty. And they just don't play fast on the field at all. So, yeah, Ike, I'll say this: I would, if I'm at a Baylor practice, so both Tyquan Thornton and Kalen Barnes, I want like a 20 yard start in any sprinting drill that we're doing because they ran two of the fastest 40s at their respective position groups. Yeah, they still might walk you down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd expect yeah. them to. It's incredible. Hey. Four, two, three. Well, unofficial was like a four one. But Mark, officially it was a four two three. Yes, sir. Mark, you know how fast you gotta be moving, bro. <laughs> like, do you understand to get you know the splits every ten every ten yards? You know how fast? Like, I don't think people can understand how that's moving. That's 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 past moving. They just gave that they just gave them two boys a ticket for running that fast. <laughs> you know how like when you're on a street hike and it'll have the electronic, it'll say what the speed limit is, and then as you drive by it'll measure your speed to make sure you're not speeding. If it was twenty five miles per hour, I'd almost expect them to be breaking the speed limit. That is just like you said, Ike, it's moving. And um I'll say this too, though. The two other guys that stuck out to me and the guy who has probably the best name in the draft, someone we will be talking about when we do top five at each each position group, Ike, later in April leading up to the draft. Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati because it is the size and the speed. 4-4-1, which is not the fastest 40, but when you consider that he is six foot three and has nearly an 80-inch wingspan, Ike, Size and speed's hard to coach. Sauce Gardner, Cincinnati. Remember that name. Saucy. You know? Um, I mean, that, 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 the wingspan, you know, they, they, they get your hands on them. We call them go-go gadgets. Uh, I don't know if anybody is, is too, too, too old or too young to remember Inspector Gadget. Oh, when yeah. You got, when you got a, a, a wingspan, uh, <laughs> That long, we call them go-go gadget arms. I can reach you from I can reach you from six feet away, <laughs> you know. And it's it's just some things you can't coach. You can't coach height, size, and speed. Now you give a, a a good coach all of that, man. He's gonna have a Hall of Fame, you know. Um, depending on the player, if he's consistent, he's gonna have a Hall of Fame player. Like just like Jalen Ramsey, you can't coach his height. You can't coach his uh his athletic ability. You can't coach his speed. He's just so happy to play, you know corner so Jalen sitting Jalen down there sitting at six three he's six two and a half but you know the NFL six two is really six four I promise you man but they take inches off of you when it comes down to the NFL and their measurements I, I I promise you they do but yeah that's that's pretty damn tall so then you said it man sauce how your name be sauce if you're, you you got you have no other choice but to be great when your name is sauce 
So <laughs> I detect no lies. Like I detect no lies. Hey, they they knew when they had sauce and they named themselves. They don't. They didn't know what he was going to be great at, but he was going to be great at something. So sauce ain't got no other choice but to be great. He's either going to be a football player or an athlete or like a world class uh, Michelin four star chef, Ike. <laughs> One of the three. And then Nick Cross from Maryland, the safety as well. A 4-3-4-40, first among safeties, a 37-inch vertical, 10-foot, 10-inch broad jump, 6-1-2-12. Keep an eye on him. I thought he had an excellent combine. And you can see he's a terrific athlete on the back end of really any defense. Think about what you just said. 6-2-2-12, broad jump. 64340 103 broad jump. That's how I, that's that's what impressed me in this combine. These goddamn big guys. Oh yeah. 64340 oh, yeah. 103 broad jump. <laughs> and we just talked about a safety who ran a 43 which is fast as hell who just ran a 43 Six two two twelve, ten ten, broad jump. Well, listen, you know how deep ten feet is jumping into a pool. That's deep, bro. That's deep. That, that, that's deep. So, I'm gonna paint that picture. That's how far they jump. No running head start. No nothing. Mm -hmm. This straight off of the two feet. That's very impressive. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think about it in terms of like how high a basketball hoop, a basketball hoop is 10 feet. So jumping that, you know, taking how high a basketball hoop is. But if you were to put that out and lay that out across the floor, you're jumping essentially as past what a 10 foot basketball. hoop. Mm -hmm. It's it's very impressive. No, that's a, that's impressive. These, this this generation, Mark, athletic ability, these group of guys. Man, they, they just keep impressing me. Like, every three years, somebody just wowing the hell out of me. Like, wow. Like, <laughs> like that's crazy. That is crazy. Like, so. like I said, Ike, and maybe this was because I know Byron Jones set, like, the world record in the broad jump at the NFL right, 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 years right. ago. But, like, if we, need, if we need Olympic athletes, like, don't look past the NFL combine. I think we could win – Many gold medals if we need to. We just need to make sure we can incentivize because athletically the combine each and every year seems to just get better and better. I did want to ask you as well, Ike, was there anyone else that stood out to you? There were two uh, linebackers I wanted to quickly mention, both SEC players. Damone Clark from LSU, Alabama's Christian Harris as well. I thought were both very, very impressive. And with Clark, uh, 6'2 and a half, 239, a 4'5", 40. 36 and a half inch vertical, 10 foot seven broad jump as well. So again, it's that size and speed, which usually like like back in the day, I it used to be like you had one or the other, right? And it's like now it's like, oh, you have size, strength, and speed. It's just it's it's incredible. No, I'm, I'm a, I, I like when you get into it. You know, I like when you get to talk. We, we're gonna talk about our top five positions oh, in yeah. April. Um, but the the way you talk, you're very into on the combine, you watched a lot of combine. I did as well, but sometimes I just like to get 
your your point of views and your thoughts, you know. So, um, cause you, you one first of all, you're a very detailed kind of guy. So if you if you bring them up on our show, you didn't did your research, and the reason why you didn't did your research, somebody that wild you at the time. So, my, my, and my there are, there are players I'm forgetting too, Ike. I mean, like we only have I don't know thirty minutes to an hour to record this episode. So when we go back and do our individual position groups too, there we're going to give many players their price. Say he had an impressive combine, or maybe his combine wasn't as impressive, but you pop on the tape and you see something that you know you don't see. You know, you see when he's the player has the pads on as well. So I'm really excited to get into that here in about a month. Like it's crazy to think that the NFL Combine today is officially the last day, Monday, March the seventh. Uh, we're going to get into the start of free agency here. I, I believe it's next week. We're into the month of March now. And then the draft, obviously, in April. So I know it's the offseason. Like, I'll be honest with you, Ike. I feel like we haven't missed a beat because there's still so much going on. And the combine, I can't believe it's already come and gone today being the last day. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, speaking of free agency, um, let's talk about a little bit of Aaron Rodgers. We do need to take a quick break tell our listeners and viewers about better help. And so if there's something that is preventing you from achieving your goals or something that interferes with your happiness, I want to encourage our listeners and viewers to check out betterhelp.com slash Steelers. Yeah, regardless of what the, what's, what's on your mind, you always need somebody to listen. And they have nothing but help at betterhelp.com. Regardless of what your goals is, regardless of whether you just want to get something off of your mind, regardless if you need some kind of counseling, um, everybody needs somebody to talk to. So don't feel afraid. Don't feel bothered. Don't feel like it's not cool to talk to somebody. Anytime you want to talk and relate, you don't have to say your name. You don't have to be, <clears throat> it can be on Zoom. They don't have to see your face. But man, everybody needs somebody to talk to. Make sure you go to betterhelp.com. And you can see that link on your screen right now. Start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash Steelers. Join more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash Steelers. Ike, you teased it. Aaron Rodgers to the Steelers, and I was texting you some this weekend. The rumors are out there, and I thought that it might actually happen. I was trying to manifest it. But, oh, man, like if this actually does happen – you best believe I'm going back to the timestamp, July 2021, when I first mentioned this to you. And I'm just going to play that clip on loop and say, hey, check this timestamp. Your boy was maybe not the first person to call it, but one of the first person to say, this is a very real possibility that Aaron Rodgers is no longer a Green Bay Packer. Mark, just looking looking at your things, your clips, I think you was the first. I think you was the I think you was the in in the media world. I think you was the first one to throw it out there in the universe. My personal opinion. Um, but Pittsburgh getting Aaron Rodgers would be a would be a, would be something special for Aaron Rodgers, but it'll definitely get Pittsburgh back to where they need to get to. And that would be the Super Bowl, which they've been looking mm-hmm. for for the past, you know. What twelve years now? Because Pittsburgh haven't yeah. been back since two thousand and nine. Actually, you know, it would be something special. Aaron Rodgers beat Pittsburgh in a Super Bowl 
Aaron Rodgers takes Super Bowl, takes Pittsburgh back to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl, man, that would be a hell of a story, you know? So um, they, they say they're very serious. And they say Pittsburgh has a, f- a few picks they don't mind giving up for Aaron Rodgers. And Pittsburgh, they're in the win right now mode. They, they, they're not looking to rebuild at all. And that, that quarterback position, don't nobody want to rebuild. Yes, they do have quarterbacks coming out in this draft. Will it be a jump or a reach that Pittsburgh needs to make if they're looking for a particular person? Yes, they will have to. But I'm going to rock with Aaron Rodgers before I rock with one of these rookies any day or anybody on my roster any day. I still believe Aaron Rodgers have four to five years to play because I, I, I just looked at what Tom Brady did. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is more mobile than Tom Brady. I feel like Aaron Rodgers have a, 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 live, a liver arm. Then Tom Brady is just, just Tom Brady is just he's just a goat. That's just what it is. Like you take the athletic ability from Tom Brady. Oh wait, my bad. Tom really never had the athletic ability. He always was Mister Two Minutes Fourth Quarter Last Drive guy. <laughs> That's what Tom Brady always was. So yeah, the reason why Tom Brady is just Tom Brady because Tom Brady is just Tom Brady. You know, but if you drop Aaron Rodgers in the city of Pittsburgh. With them weapons going on with the running back, which he has a running back in uh in Green Bay, a two matter of fact, two good running backs. But you drop him with a Fairmouth, a, a a tight end who potentially has the opportunity to be a stud. You give him Chase, see what Juju gonna do. Um, God dog, who's our other wide receiver? Deontay um, Johnson. You give him Deontay Johnson. So now, man, we just and Aaron Rodgers cooking with gas, Ike. In the defense, so now you move, you go from Aaron Rodgers is going to have to be, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow. If Aaron Rodgers does go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm saying that's that's going to be that's going to be the two good games. And we ain't even talking about Lamar coming back. And then, yeah, even, I feel like that's so overlooked. Like everyone just assumes that oh, it's Joe Burrow and the Bengals in the division. And to me, it wasn't even that. Jackson got hurt. I looked to all of the other injuries that the Ravens had. It wasn't just Lamar, which is why they fell off on the back yeah, half of the season. Started. No one was no one was healthy. They had seven starters. They had seven <laughs> starters. Seven starters. Starters. Get hurt. Missed mm-hmm. the whole season. Man, no. <laughs> hey, hey, man, you saying this today is – What's today's date? March 7th. Monday, March 7th. Monday, March 7th. March 7th. The Baltimore Baltimore Ravens will win that division next year. AFC North. My personal. Go to betonline.ag, Ike. Boom. Let me ask you this. Well, hang on. We'll go here. I heard the reports this weekend that if Rodgers does leave the Packers, it's – the Steelers, the Broncos, and the Titans. And at first I thought, well, why not the Buccaneers? I go to overthecap.com and it shows that the Buccaneers have like two, maybe $3 million in salary cap space. Now, I know a lot of Steelers fans might point to, well, the Steelers have 28, maybe roughly $30 million in salary cap space. They can restructure players' deals to free up more salary cap space. To create right. enough if you do in fact trade for Rodgers, it'd be more difficult for the Buccaneers to do that given all the players that they had to play, uh, had to pay 
coming off winning a Super Bowl in their backyard uh, at Raymond James Stadium. And so that's kind of the reason why I'm like, well, why couldn't Rodgers just go to the Bucks and take over for Tom Brady? That's kind of the reason why. Now, CBS Sports is reporting this, Ike, that if the Steelers were to trade for Rodgers, they would need to give up their 2020, or excuse me, their 2022 draft pick, so the number 20th overall pick, the first round draft pick in 2023, a third round pick, and then a conditional 2024 pick. I think that's a little bit high considering Rodgers is 38 years old, but I kind of look to what happened a year ago when the Lions and the Rams made the deal for Matthew Stafford. The Lions got back Jared Goff, two first round picks and a third round pick. So I would say three first round picks for Rodgers is a little bit steep. If we could say two first round picks and then maybe figure out everything else in terms of other draft picks and maybe player that could help sweeten the deal, I, I think they would be close. But to say three first round draft picks for Rodgers, just given that he's 38 years old right now, I know he's back to back NFL MVP, but that is a high, high asking price in my opinion. What say you? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's high at all, Mark. You know, just, just given what, I think that's really that's a steal. You know, just look at the Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford trade and what was given up for that. And we're talking about two back-to-back league MVPs. And Aaron, he's not slowing up. Like, Aaron Rodgers has always been that mobile. Like, th- that's his mobility. Like, Aaron is going to protect himself. And Aaron has, has been running like that for the past 10, 12 years. He's so not you would make that deal like? 100%, Mark. Uh, today. I will make that deal. If I'm Pittsburgh, I will make that deal today. You know what I'm saying? Like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is going to be – because I already got my backups. I got Mason and Haskins. I got my backups already. I got the cap space. Yeah, do I restructure? I restructure this year to clear some more cap space. Next year, I'm going to have a cap problem. That's the only thing. So when you do restructure, the following year puts you in the bond. The year after puts your team in the bond. So – I just got to figure out who I want to keep, who I don't want to keep, and do I give up these draft picks for Aaron Rodgers? Heck yeah, I, I think I think Aaron out out them three years. If I give him a first round draft pick this year, I give him a first round draft pick in the year twenty twenty three, and the third is some yeah, I'm I'm good because I know I'm gonna have for at least four years. I'm gonna do a four or five year deal for Aaron Rodgers and give the man his money. Cause I know I'm gonna get what I'm gonna get back in return, and that's gonna we gonna win a Super Bowl. That's just how I look at it. You know, Pittsburgh won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, and they'll put him at eight. You know what? Why not? I'm sorry, six, seven, seven, seven. They'll put him at seven. <laughs> yeah. put him at seven. So yeah, I, I think yeah. I think this is still for a guy for for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, his caliber going to the Pittsburgh still a team mark. I I think that's still my personal opinion. Wow. Okay. Again, I would I would try to be a little bit more shrewd in the negotiations is all I'm trying to say. Again, if you can, I would just like to keep a, a, one of those first round picks, but that might be the asking price. And if that's the asking price and the Packers just say, no, we can continue to keep Aaron Rodgers and we can go in the NFC North again. Correct. So, Correct. Now, I, if, I, if I'm, I'm Aaron, I wouldn't want to go nowhere. Like, yeah. Aaron, I, yeah. You know, but that's a whole different story. We'll talk about that. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't want to move out of Green Bay. I also, I like, I honestly feel like there's no way to, there's no good way to pivot here too. I, I saw, so 
this weekend it was the Aaron Rodgers hot stove was heating up. But then the other player who I saw was Mitch Trubisky. His mobility was there. The thing that doesn't make any sense for Mitch Trubisky to me is this. You look at what his salary was as a backup with the Buffalo Bills, and they act like he got some graduate-level degree under Josh Allen backing him up, and then Brian Dable, who is the offensive coordinator there, now the head coach of the New York Giants. I don't get from a valuation standpoint how a player can make like $2 million, whatever Trubisky's figure was, and then all of a sudden not play really at all other than the preseason and to then say, oh, your salary is going to be worth five, five to ten times as much as you were making the year before. I do think Trubisky got a bit of a raw deal in Chicago, but just the way he reads progressions, he's not a great downfield passer. He does have some mobility as a quarterback. I think that he's capable of being a starter in this league, but I don't understand how you can go from being, you know, I guess one man's trash to another man's treasure. That's not totally fair to him, but just the valuation to me, Ike, doesn't make any sense considering what he made in the 2021 season, this past season. I mean, his team may help him. Josh Allen came out publicly and said, he don't see why uh, Mitchell Trubisky shouldn't be starting and he's more mobile than what people think he is. Oh, there we go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Stocks just went back up. <laughs> you know, so... You know, Josh is just comfortable in his own skin. Like, Mitch ain't taking my spot. Y'all see what the hell I'm doing. But could he help him go start for another team? Yeah, I think so. And here's why. He just gave him. He just gave the media, you know, not only Elmo for Mitchell Trubisky, he just told him how he felt about Mitchell Trubisky. And it, it just raised his stock back up, opened a few eyes. That's just that's just what it that's just what it was, what it is. So him being the starter in the NFL, I think a lot of quarterbacks who starts for a few teams in the NFL shouldn't be starters. I, I just think a lot of yeah. GMs. That's just, that's fair, Ike. I, I just think a lot of GMs and, uh, and coaches are just too stubborn sometimes to be like, you know what, I messed this one up. So they'll just rock with it and stick with it instead of doing what, you know, um, doing what Arizona with the Cardinals did. You know, the Cardinals, they missed on their first – Drew Rosen. They uh, missed Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Oh, I'm sorry, Josh Rosen. So they missed on Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. They said it. They admitted it. Uh, come back, get Cliff. Wind up getting Kyler Murray. Change the whole. Change the whole thing. But it takes. It takes a lot of guts. It takes a lot of. You know what? I messed this one up because GMs they feel like they want to be right all the time. Yeah. So um, yeah. to see what to see what Arizona did was very impressive for me. Um, off of getting off a first round draft pick in a quarterback position and head to another direction and getting another first round draft pick. But admitting that they messed that one up was, you know, very impressive for I. But yeah, Mitchell Trubisky, he, you know, when Josh Allen gives you props, you know, your stock got to go up. And that's exactly what the young man said. He said he felt like he should be a starter in the league. And here's why he's super athletic. He's more athletic than what people think he is. And you know, he has been doing nothing but helping our team and what the Buffalo Bills team is, uh, a playoff caliber team who's a game away from going to the Super Bowl. That's just that's just what it is. So, 13 um, seconds away. I don't know if that's too soon for any Buffalo Bills fans listening or watching this show, Ike, and I endure your wrath, but I don't mean to say too soon, but it's just the honest right. truth. And it's not just Trubisky. I would say another player, 
How about Marcus Mariota as well? Deserves. I mean, these are players who have been in backup roles where they, you know, didn't work out with the first team that they were with, but that will have opportunities to start in the 2022 season because everyone's looking for improved quarterback play. Like half the league is looking to upgrade the quarterback position, Ike. I mean, you said Marcus Mariota over there to Pittsburgh. Why? Why he not in that conversation? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, I'm with he's, you, Ike. he's still mobile. He has a he has an arm. Sometimes a change a change of venue is everything, you know. So, yeah, I mean, we shall see. If if, if I'm Pittsburgh, since we talking about it, Mark, go holler at Marcus Mariota and see what's up. I, I like it, Ike. Uh, before we sign off here, want to make two quick things of note the chiefs are going to franchise tag orlando brown the offensive tackle so to continue to protect patrick mahomes becomes the first free agent to be tagged this offseason now tuesday's deadlines at 4 p.m eastern time mike it includes players we'll see if they get tagged but it includes players like green bay's Devonte adams chris godwin with the bucks chargers receiver mike williams Bengals safety Jesse Bates, Cowboys tenant Dalton Schultz, Mike Giusecki for the Dolphins, and then Harold Landry, the Titans edge rusher as well. So by the time this comes out, Ike, some of those other players might have the franchise tag on them. Again, the deadline is at 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. And then I also want to say one other thing too, Ike. I don't know if you saw this. I saw this this morning. Kirk Herbstreet is set to announce Thursday night football, which is going to be on Amazon this upcoming season. So I'd imagine he'll continue his role on college game day, his role announcing for both ESPN and ABC at the college level, but an interesting hire to try to get people to tune in and get that Amazon prime subscription. Kirk Herbstreet going to be in the booth on Thursday night football this upcoming season. Man, good for Kirk. You saw what they just tried to give Sean McVay. Amazon wanted to give Sean McVay a five-year deal worth $150 million. So Amazon coming. They definitely got the money. That ain't the issue. Oh, yeah. You know, so they tried, they tried, they tried to get, they tried to get Coach Sean McVay for the 150 piece for five years. Just to announce. Just just to announce. So um, I guess it wasn't time. He felt like it wasn't time. He still loved coaching, so they, that's why they got Kurt Herbstreit. But yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what Amazon tried to do. You know, so um, you still can't be bought. Don't ever get that twisted. I don't, I don't care what somebody. I don't care what nobody said. We all we all got a number. You know, if they would have said two hundred, you know, coach probably would have been on the two hundred. But um, it's just it's just Coach Sean McVay love and passion for football. He just love coaching. He just and he's young too. Like he, you know, he he got at least more, ten more years doing that. Unless he win a, a few more Super Bowls, then he might sit down and tell Amazon, "Hey man, y'all need to come back to me. Um, I need that two hundred million. You know what I'm saying? So 200, 200 million just for seventeen weeks." All right, man, let's wrap this show up, bro. <laughs> I think you're the absolute best. I want to thank the Believe Podcast Network, our producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, Lucy Odin, and the crew over there. Also want to thank today's sponsors of the Believe in Steelers podcast, Bet Online and BetterHelp. And thank you to the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Thank you for tuning in and making us a part of your day.
What do you say? <laughs> for Ike Taylor, I am Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening and watching the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will be back next week. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.